Hello there, welcome back to another episode of First Generation Bowhunter. This is episode 72, I wanted to do a little hunt recap. We are in the season, and also answer a, a few questions that I've been getting. Well, one one in particular that I think is uh, quite a good question actually, and one that I had when I was a new hunter around is it okay to buy a used bow? So let's go ahead and start with that. That question came on Instagram from Tim. So I do want to talk about buying a used bow, what to consider there. And then we'll talk about a few hunt recaps that I've had and just kind of how I'm feeling about the season. Hopefully you're having a good season, getting out there, seeing things, um, getting a little you know, getting some shot opportunities is what it's all about. So, all right, let's talk about Tim's question. Okay, pretty good question here. Is it okay to buy a used bow? Yes, 100% buy a used bow. I am all about it. I am team used bow all day long. I've got no issues there. Let me kind of share a little bit about my kind of bow buying journey and and a few things to, to think about and uh, yeah it was, it was pretty cool he was asking for his buddy and it's kind of intimidating when you're buying a new bow because even just looking at a compound bow and how complicated they are it's like well this one is a thousand dollars and this one over here is 500 they look the same, they might have a few differences, but to a new bow hunter, it's pretty overwhelming. So I, I think it's a, uh, a good question and, and one to think about. When I bought my first bow, I had no idea what I was doing. I was going off of like movies basically, I think. I think Arrow was coming out with Steven Armel and I was watching Arrow a lot and I was like that weapon looks sweet I want one of those like that was literally my knowledge it yeah like I didn't research at all so I went into a pawn shop and just kind of picked the bow that like I was kind of stoked on and it just so happened to be green which makes sense because the whole TV show Arrow is like is all green and stuff um, so I went in, I got a bear lights out bow and it was, it's a youth bow. So it's pretty small, pretty compact. And that's where I started, you know, was it the perfect bow for me at the time? I would say, yes, it was the perfect bow for me because I think I paid 150 bucks for it. Um, went and got a release, got some arrows and I was shooting arrows, you know, that that's what I could do at the time never took that bow hunting i only got started you know shooting a target so you know sometimes that's where you start and that's totally fine um you know is the pawn shop the best place to buy a bow um i mean it's not the worst place <laughs> uh no i mean it, it, it was fine and you know I, I'm not a huge pawn shop guy. I'd probably rather go through face. Well, you can't. Well, I guess you can go through Facebook Marketplace. Um, 
here in Utah, we've got KSL Classifieds, which is like, it makes Facebook Marketplace look pretty, pretty lame. Um, but the nice thing about KSL is you can sell bows and Facebook generally frowns upon the sale of those and optics. They think scopes are like weapons. I think you always hear a lot too. You gotta like pick it up, see how it feels. If, if possible, shoot it and see how it feels. That's really hard when someone's buying a used bow and the seller's like, uh, it's pretty rare for them, you know, but maybe you could meet them at a range and say, hey, can I, can I shoot it a few times? If you're in the like thousand dollar range, I, I think any seller would be dumb not to do that and be like, hey, yeah, let's go meet at the local shop. You know, I want to see if this fits me. I will say though, that could also really make a seller mad because if you don't have an intention to buy that bow and you haven't done your research prior and you're just like shopping around, that would make me mad as a seller. I'd be like, do you, you know, do you know anything about this bow? I'm not going to just like meet you. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go meet with six other people selling bows. So try to have a little bit of etiquette, but I will say if you're a thousand or more uh, looking at like something that was just released last year and someone's like upgrading already. By then, actually, you could probably go to a bow shop and get a sense of like how that, that bow shoots or get fairly close to it. In the thousand to let's say $700 range, the question that came up was based around kind of an older Hoyt, I believe called the Carbon Defiant bit of an older model you know this is a bow that Steve Bailey who I've had on the show has shot for many years and tells a story about how he walks into a bow shop and he's like hey what bow would you recommend you know this is what I shoot now and the guy like looks right at him and is like that's the bow I would recommend then you know it kills animals and it shoots consistent just it was probably the worst bow salesman ever. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I think that's I think that's a great comment though because that to me at a bow shop would build a lot, lot of loyalty for me. Like I would go there till the end of my days. You know, if someone's like, yeah, what you have is great. You know, and if you want to upgrade, yeah, let's get you into something different. But that's a perfectly acceptable bow. So in the $700 to $1,000 range, you might get a little bit older model and you might be like, dang, that bow is eight years old. Is it still worth that much? Oftentimes you're getting people who put a lot of accessories and leave those accessories on the bow. When you get somebody selling the $1,000 to $1,500, ironically, they don't include a lot of accessories. They'll call it a bare bow. But just keep in mind if you are new to this you are buying your first bow and you know a little intimidated just keep in mind and try to sketch out like okay a drop away rest a stabilizer um, a sight a quiver that stuff adds up really fast and 
I would say really quick, and I talk about this in other episodes, and but if you're seeing like a site that has micro adjustments, meaning you you know you can spin little spindles and it makes literal micro adjustments to your pins going up or down or left or right, that is a really really good site. A lot of manufacturers make that uh, CBE, uh, Black Gold. I think spot hog like all the higher end site companies are going to have micro adjustment and that was one kind of level up that i really was happy with that somebody recommended me a long time ago to get a micro adjustment site so if you're looking at that 700 to a thousand see what it comes with maybe they include arrows i not against buying used arrows I think you really have to inspect them and get a feel for the person but and the reason for that is just safety like you don't know what those arrows have been shot at you don't know what you know brick wall that they ricocheted off Um, but if it's like somebody who's like hey I shot this a few times bow hunting is not for me I you know I just want to sell everything I don't know. Uh, maybe take a friend with you, inspect everything. Maybe take the arrows, but don't shoot them. So be mindful of that. There, there is some safety concerns because you don't want to buy an arrow that is slightly cracked, that it's really hard to see, and you don't know where it's been. And then all of a sudden, you're flinging those arrows downrange, and um, it goes into your hand. That would be awful. So then when you go down from $700 to $500 range, you're going to open up a lot of options and a lot of different brands. So you might be letting go of like a Hoyt, but it also opens up to maybe like an older Elite. And I really like Elite. I shot Elite for a long time. The thing I like about Elite is, you know, if you really are on a pawn shop bow like I was, um, you're going to have a really fun time at least getting into the $500 to $700 range. So see if you can get one with some accessories and you'll be able to get consistent groups, you know, be able to shoot a good distance, be able to take an animal. So it really opens up a lot of different brands. Just, I would say, and this is audio only, so visually I can't show you whatnot but there's a pretty big difference between like older style bows how they're designed and then kind of the new age so in the 500 to $700 range you're still going to get that newer like less than five or eight year design and have a great experience so just be careful though of like an older style bow where it's like seriously older if you're looking at a bow for sale just shoot me a screenshot at adam underscore buchanan on instagram i'm happy to peek at it that that's what tim did uh that's what started this conversation so i'm i'm happy to peek at something and say hey yeah you know that that looks good or you know you might ask this um check the string and be you know ask like when was the string 
changed out? You know, what's the history on the string? If they know it and they like rattle off an answer very quickly and they're like, oh yeah, I just changed that out three months ago. Like, that's great. That's a really good sign. If it's, oh, it's the original string. I've had it on there for four years. Uh, you might be looking at a new string and that's not the end of the world. Just factor that in that, you know, paying a bow shop, paying for the string, you know, a couple, couple different considerations there. But don't be scared of a, a used bow. I, I wouldn't be. I just take it a little bit slower. And, and here's the other thing too. And this is just a reality. And, and I, I live in, I live in Utah, you know, Salt Lake, um, within an hour north or south of me, I can run into quite a few bow shops. Uh, let's see, 15 minutes for me. I'm actually, um, passing it here shortly is wild arrow archery. They're one of the best bow shops ever. Jeremiah runs an incredible shop. I'm very fortunate in that way. And I don't want to pretend that everyone everywhere has all these bow shops just surrounded by them. You might not have anything, or you might have a big box store and you don't have as high touch, you know, experience, um, you know, getting into a bow. Either way, um, if, if used as kind of your only option, I, I think that's okay. I just, hopefully you have a friend who could go with you and kind of be your second pair of eyes or somebody who's really been around bows a lot. So, and then the 500 or less, you're gonna really getting into entry level. You're gonna be in the Bowtech kind of brand. Um, it's not bad. I, I don't have a problem with Bowtech. Um, I've shot Bowtech. That was my second bow, actually. Huh. They make um, great bows. They're very budget friendly. So if you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm starting into this and I, I, you know, I can't drop a grand just on the bow with no accessories, I hear you. That, that, is, that is definitely a thing. I mean, I'll tell you, my first bow compared to my, I don't know, fourth or fifth bow, they look a little different and they're about eight or nine years apart. So don't, don't be afraid to just get started. I will say though, because I hear this a lot, people will grab a bow and they'll have it for like a year and shoot it a few times and try to go hunting, nothing really works and they don't have a great experience. And they're like, oh, I'm not a bow hunter. You know, it's not for me. Um, I said, I'm starting to say this a little bit more and I'm, I'm gonna keep saying this is, you are a bow hunter, you're already a bow hunter. You're DNA is built that way. You come from a long line of bow hunters. So whether you think you are or not, you are. You just, just haven't picked up a bow ever. So stick with it. See it through. Just know that people can go a season or two without having, you know, a kill. I went quite a few seasons. <laughs> I just kept at it. Because uh, I... I I knew something was there. I knew this was something really, really important and I've really enjoyed it. So if you have any follow-up questions on buying a used bow, don't hesitate to reach out. It's Adam underscore Buchanan, like the president 
on Instagram. So shoot me some notes. Shoot me what you're working on. I'll do a little hunt recap here. And oh, and thank you, Tim, for sending those in that, that question. And uh, best of luck in your used bow buying experience. So the hunts this year have been on, let's see, I've been on two in the last few weeks. Just kind of morning hunts, uh, kind of pairing it with a little bit of work. So as you know, I, I work at a hunting company. I work at Black Ovis and Camelfire.com. They're the same company. And we, you know, we're in the thick of our hunting season, our busy sales season, you know, which is a really fun, really busy time. But we've been able to get into the field and go kind of try out some gear, take some images, do videos and photos. So I've been having some fun doing that. It's kind of fun to go do that for work. And then we'll kind of pair it with like a morning hunt. Um, so I've done that twice now. So no, let's see, I've been out three times. Once alone and then two with coworker working on uh, some content. The first time I went, uh, I was in position just so well. Like my timing was on point, you know, got there well before sundown. And I was like, man, this is just feeling really good. A little bit of crisp in the air, you know, love it when it's cold. It's so nice when you start to break into the 40 degree or less and huge, huge fan. It's, it's really fun to be in that transition period. So, you know, the deer were active, super active. And I felt like, you ever feel like when you go out into the field, you're the only one there, like really the only one there, but you know, you're not alone. Like, you know, there might be other hunters, might be other bikers, runners, bird watchers. But on this hunt, I truly just felt just alone. It was the, the most odd experience that I, and what I mean by that is when I'm kind of walking around, kind of checking things out, like the deer interactions I had were just so uh, interesting. Like the deer had not been disturbed, you know? They just were so like not bothered. And uh, so I come around a corner and they're just there, you know, and it's either sex here in Utah for what's called the extended hunt so if you didn't tag out on the early season in August, you can shoot either sex. So that truthfully is how I have gotten my most bow hunting experiences during this hunt. I couldn't imagine like hunting two weeks out of the year with a bow and just being like, all right, better luck next year. I mean, truthfully, the Utah extended program and, you know, being able to shoot either sex has like kept me going on on bow hunting um it's yeah it's been a really big deal for me so i come around corner there's two does and they're at 50 yards and i like it was odd because i wasn't ready and i was like i went into full adrenaline excitement shaky crazy mode like i felt like i was a brand new hunter now some of you might be thinking, well, doesn't that go away? You know, don't, don't you get better at that? Um, yes and no. Uh, it kind of snuck up on me. It was really odd. And I just was like, ah, you know, 
I come around, I have no cover, I have a little bit of grass, and so I quickly get on the ground, I just lay down, like this weird instinct I have to hide, because I'm like, well, I've got to get set up, I've got to get kind of squared away, get a range, I can't just stand there like a flagpole, and um, so I'm laying down, like crouching, you know, and then I kind of do a squat, and I'm kind of trying to get a range, so I can figure out where to put my pin, and so I get a range at 60. Well, the deer were at 50, and I find this out after the shot, which is poor timing. But, um, when you know where the story's going. Um, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I'm like full just adrenaline and full excitement, full just out of control, which is not a good headspace to be in. But I will say in that same note, I love that I reacted that way in some ways, that I still have that excitement about bow hunting and that getting into that close range is freaky and it does things to us and it, you know, gets us excited and it gets us freaked out. Um, so in some ways I don't know if I ever want to let that go. I, it's important to control it, but I love that I still have it. So if you ever find yourself in that state, it's just a reminder that you're human and that you're you're experiencing one of the best human experiences that anyone will ever experience. So just keep that in mind. And don't feel bad if you do what I did, which I ranged them 10 yards off. I hit, my rangefinder hit the tree behind them. So I settle in, put it on at 60, and I'm, and I'm talking full broadside. These does are not doing anything I mean they are staring at me obviously but they're just giving me all the time in the world I think I had I mean if you were to set a timer probably 60 seconds and they were just there and honestly they weren't moving I mean they were maybe I could have gotten another minute I don't know to calm down get a better range so made a mistake clean miss right over her back and I just was kind of like, oh, man, like 60's not, you know, I shoot at 60 all the time. I, I've killed a lot of deer at 60 yards. But uh, kind of retraced my steps, remeasured, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I felt like a, a dummy. But then right there, right after I released the arrow, I look up over kind of a hillside, and there are like six deer running. And that's what made me feel alone like oh man I'm out here and there's no one here and these deer are just kind of like seeing people for the first time this season is what it felt like um it's not the case but it's what it felt like in my mind and it just was like a cool experience like when you're alone and you just kind of have the place to yourself in a way now I hunt a lot of public I don't think I've ever hunted private except on my very very first hunt in Nebraska in negative 16 degrees so yay that was awesome but yeah I mean I hunt public I'm a public land hunter and that's just you know what I do so it's it's really really cool when you don't have um, people just you know like I, I always say I don't want an audience out there I'm not not dying to have an audience well that was uh, a fun instance I learned a lot 
you know, got me uh, a good lesson in calming down and, and still having that excitement, and that's great, but, you know, you got to control it. And the way that I've done that in the past, um, you know, I'll have little reminders on my fletchings, like I'll write little notes, you know, things like don't get excited. Um, and I picked this up from Meat Eater, honestly, Stephen um, Ranella, where he's like, you can get all the excited after the shot, but don't get excited before the shot. And I really kind of broke that rule. I, I kind of like let the emotions overcome and kind of threw everything out the window of like breathing and, <laughs> you know, calmness. And, um, but it really did kind of snuck up on me. Like I was probably 15 minutes into shooting light came around a corner and they were just right there I mean it was just like oh geez we're doing this you know I, I didn't expect uh, based on the morning the timing for it to happen that fast and I've seen deer in that particular area but it, you know it was like my first you know shot opportunity for the season and uh, it was fun but definitely learned a bit um, so hopefully you're getting some shot opportunities I've been out a few more times. I actually took shots on, on a few others. And um, it's kind of fun with somebody else, too. I Again, you know that I hunt alone a lot. And it's something I, I'd like to mix in a little bit more of hunting with others. Um, there's, there's just kind of an excitement and, like, a really fun, you know, oh, man, did you see that? Oh, man, and then this happened. And... It's just so hard when you're alone and you're just kind of like talking to yourself, which I do a fair amount. Um, so anyway, I hope you're having a good season. Let me know if you have any questions about gear or tactics or whatnot. Um, there is a good amount of experts and people in the industry and maybe I could access somebody and we tackle a topic that you're particularly wondering about especially now that we're in the season I know what it's like to drive home from a hunt and you're replaying it over and over and over and you're like what happened like why did this happen and I, I've been there I've made those frantic calls to friends and family or like oh well this is what happened and they spell it out so well you know with what happened with the wind or um, that sort of thing so maybe there's something that happened recently to you tell me what's going on whether it's success or failure and or maybe it's not failure. Maybe it's opportunity to learn. I've been hearing that a lot lately. Because I've been using that word failure a lot. And everyone's like, oh, no, it's an opportunity to learn. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. All right. Um, on a side note, I got an upgraded ice bath. Um, I don't know if you're new listening to me or to the podcast, but I... I've been doing ice baths for a while now, and they are pretty remarkable. And I haven't had a really good one for pretty much all summer. I just like took a break from ice baths, and because normally I do them daily. But um, yeah, got the upgrade. If you're ever in the area, let me know. We'll get you get you in, get you zapped, and um, pretty pretty fun stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the Ferrari of ice baths. You have to check my Instagram, see what the, the big box that I just put into my backyard looks like. Um, but uh, that that's happening. Pretty fun update. 
Um, the other thing I want to do there is we have daylight savings coming soon and I want to time it where I actually do an ice bath before a hunt because of the adrenaline or the dopamine you, you get and the energy you get. And I just want to see how it affects my hunting, like my sharpness, because normally I feel just incredible, you know, when I do it in the morning. So that'll be, that'll be on the plans. Uh, the other thing, just kind of a interesting update. My wife is now performing neurofeedback. It's called microcurrent by IASIS. And it's something that she's been trained in and has done for quite a while. This has actually helped my focus and my energy. Um, it made a fairly big impact on my, my bow hunting. Uh, keeping focus, keeping steady, all of those things that we need help with when shooting a bow. So anyway, she just started her own little practice and and uh, pretty excited about that. I have full access to uh, microcurrent neurofeedback, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, if you ever hear of someone offering that in your area, they generally offer a free session. And so I would highly recommend looking into it. Um, it's just a way that it repairs the, the neural pathways and can help you with clarity, focus, especially if you deal with anxiety or depression. Uh, it's really helped me personally uh, in that department of kind of like clearing out the gunk. We put so much crap in our brain all the time, whether it be from food, whether it be, you know, endless, endless scrolling on our phones. And um, there's just, there's a lot of trash to be taken out. So that's what microcurrent does. It's, uh, it's a pretty impactful thing. So if it's in your area, take a look. Uh, go go try it out um, but yeah I, I legitimately notice a difference in how I've kept steady in my you know sessions and, and shooting arrows and things so anyway let me know if you have any questions I won't be the person to talk to you about that but I, I actually may have my wife join me on the show to talk about that clarity because it may feel odd, like, oh, why, why are we talking about brain clarity or, you know, that type of thing. It's massive, you know, when you're bow hunting and making those split-second decisions on a stock or even, like, having instincts. Like, I, I've had a few times on a hunt where I didn't Google it. I didn't know. No one taught me. And I made a decision based on an instinct that I feel like came from having that brain clarity it's it's pretty interesting to to experience but um yeah more to, more to come on that i think i think that's definitely worth uh kind of a deeper dive and it's funny even like my second episode that i ever did was about yoga and i really owe it to that because for so many times i've gotten those shot opportunities i was a complete meltdown a total mess it was I was way too excited and yoga taught me how to breathe and it <laughs> that's why I put it as the second episode because I'm like that is a game changer and it's probably I don't know it's not an unpopular episode but it's definitely not as popular as like hey what bow should I buy um, that's definitely the most popular episode but yeah all important it's all you know, and you've got your own journey of how you want this. So if you want to talk about bows and arrows and which broadheads to shoot, yeah, I've got content for that. Um, 
But when you really get to that breaking point of like, I really don't know what I did wrong, or I really am not sure how or why, you know, these deer are acting the way they are and what I need to do about it. Um, you'll find that you'll find those nuggets in past episodes and, and, uh, hopefully that's helpful to you. So, all right, stay in contact and, uh, let me know what other questions or experiences are coming up and I'm going to give a shout out to my employer because this is, uh, this is their category. This is what they offer. So blackovas.com, their best gear you're going to find, um, for the fastest shipping. We ship very, very fast. I walk past the warehouse multiple times a day and that team is absolutely dialed. So yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. You're gonna get it in time for the hunt. And then they also have Aero ID, which is a custom Aero building service, which is pretty cool. You can spec out all what your uh, specs are of how you want the Aero built and they will, they will build it for you. I'm actually going to have some arrows built today in the office and a uh, co-worker is going to help me with that. We're going to shoot some video. I've got my Kinetic Chaos Gold Tip 340. Uh, it's funny when I show people the Gold Tip, the uh, Kinetic Chaos, everyone's just like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good arrow. You know, I shot that for a while, you know. Um, it really is a good arrow. It's super, super consistent. It's, uh, I don't know. I really really enjoyed it I shot the pierce for a very long time it's that micro diameter but the kinetic chaos is um kind of the midway it's a five mil and i, I don't know it, after you do it for this long and you just kind of find what works you just find what works but i am hearing from my coworkers that my fletching setup needs a little bit of work so they're they're going to shift me to a four four fletch i've been doing a three for all time and eternity so yeah four fletch with a slight helical they call it so we'll see how that goes and uh yeah good stuff thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode